it's never about the destination. It is always about the journey because in my experience and from talking to a lot of people, the destination is never what you expect, but the journey is the beautiful part. Ready to embark on a journey of boundless creativity, purpose, and adventure as an artistic soul? Hey, I'm Lara Bianca Pilcher. I'm passionate about empowering artists like you to live out your creative dreams and nurture yourself at the core of your artistic journey. Let's explore the art of vibrant living and creative expression. As an artist, actor, writer, and showbiz educator with over 20 years of experience in the arts and entertainment industry across the globe, London, Australia, and now Atlanta, USA, I'm here to guide you through the mess and magic of this ever-evolving creative life. From performing on TV, film and stage to roles both on and off stage, my journey in the arts has woven a diverse tapestry of experiences. This positions me to help you navigate the path to unlocking the full potential of your artistic soul. Alongside my auditions, submissions and industry hustles, I've had the privilege of educating artists and living a joyful marriage with two wonderful kids. Expect genuine conversations from real-life lessons, struggles and triumphs that have shaped my journey. It's a journey I'm excited to share with you. This is your masterclass in how to craft a fulfilling, vibrant and art-filled life. Get ready for the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Artist podcast, your key to unlocking the full potential of your artistic soul. Stay tuned for enlightening conversations, practical tips and inspiring stories that will elevate your purpose, adventure and creativity. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist Podcast. I have an amazing guest today, remarkable artist Kirsty Fuller. As a professional performer with credits like 42nd Street and Crazy For You, Kirsty's journey from the West End in London to Broadway, New York is an inspiring adventure filled with auditions, triumphs and the kind of resilience that every artistic soul can relate to. Listen for the divine thread in her story. I have a saying, do the work, then trust the unfolding. Let it inspire your own story because we talk about New York living as an artist, making new friendship circles, audition tips, mental fitness, her side hustles, discovering artistic cultural differences, unexpected romantic encounters, that's fun, divine alignment, creating a beautiful life rhythm and how to elevate your mindset. I first crossed paths with Kirsty in London when I was producing an arts event. Fast forward and we're now calling the USA our home. Kirsty is proudly claiming the title of a New Yorker. Her journey started at three when she first discovered her love for dance. By the time she was seven, she was already a regular on the stage. By the time she was 13, she is venturing off to Edinburgh Fringe. But at 18... She temporarily closed the door to her dreams. She went on to study exercise, health and nutrition at university and then traveled the world. And one transformative chapter for her was in the USA where she worked at a weight loss and fitness summer camp. Something happened in that, a divine encounter that changed the direction of her life. She soon auditioned and was invited into an intensive college after several years away for performing. She began her comeback, determined she regained her skills, honing them to the highest standard. And during that time, she saw her sister excel in many amazing shows. And she knew 
what was expected of her. With eyes on the rockets in New York, she laced up her tap shoes and embarked on a journey that included a cruise ship, a whirlwind of singing and performing and refining her craft, and eventually securing an agent. And during this journey, Kirsty's path eventually crossed with the legendary Randy Skinner, an American dancer, director and choreographer, primarily for the stage, who announced that he was bringing 42nd Street from the West End to the USA. Despite struggling to get in the audition room, Kirsty knew this show was meant for her. She took matters into her own hands, messaged Randy and told him, I can't get into the audition room. Not exactly in those words, but the rest, as they say, is history. Kirsty's story is a testament to the unwavering determination and resilience of a true artist. So, without further ado, I'll let Kirsty take the stage and share the next part of her incredible story. Welcome, Kirsty, and please take it away from here. What happened next? I'll share this story because I think it's amazing. I remember ringing my agent and saying, I really should be in like is there any way you can keep pushing for me and they're like we're doing the best we can and I was like thank you so much um they said why don't you try using your contacts um so I messaged Randy and just said hi Randy I'm really struggling to get in the room if there's any way you might be able to let me have a space in the audition I would love this opportunity and um and I remember getting off the phone to my agent messaging then speaking with my best friend and I just said um her name is, I call her Jay-Z, Jamie Lee. I said, um, Jay-Z, I don't know. I, I just know I'm meant to be in this, but this just feels like a closed door. I've been praying and I've really been asking God for a sign to hold on to this. And she was on the train. She was like, Kirsty, I'm just stopped. And like, there's this huge, huge billboard saying, Stephen welcomes you. And the casting director was called Stephen. Oh, and well. <laughs> no, no joke. I literally, and my, I was on the phone to my friend when she was saying this, and then my agent started ringing me. Um, and then it was that quick that suddenly my agent was like, "You've got, you've got an audition." So I did that. I was like, "Oh, thank you, God! I just wanted this opportunity, just to, just to be seen, just to kind of give this a go." And then had the many different rounds, as you do, uh, many rounds of going in, dancing, singing, coming back, dancing, singing. And then I got that. So then I, I, I had this West End show that I was coming back to. I went to do my panto and knew I was coming back to start this amazing show with this amazing creative team. So that was just the kind of start of my journey. And then it's just been these beautiful blessings along the way of just provision. In, and I need to remember this too. It's just like, God always provides for me. And there's the amazing connections you meet along the way and how helpful that is. Um, and Randy's been a close friend ever since. And um, long story short, what I'm doing now, I've just finished doing another version of 42nd Street, a very, very scaled down version. In the West End, we had at least 25 girls in the ensemble, a very big um, group. I think it was 25. I was swinging that, so I was swinging a lot of girls. Um, and then this one was five. So we only had five in the ensemble. It was a very small, it was on a tiny stage, um, a very iconic stage called Good Speed Opera House um, in Connecticut. And um, it was tiny and, and it was a new version. So I got to be his dance captain on this show and swing it as well and just see the ins and outs of this show. Um, so that was wonderful, having that bigger perspective and then having the smaller perspective. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I, 
come back to a bit of middle of the story. I after doing Forty Second Street in the West End, I was like, I know I'm, I I think I'm meant to be coming to New York. I that's where I feel like I'm meant to be going. I feel called to, and then I had to go through the process of getting my visa, mm. which, as you know, is not an easy process. You have to go through many different hoops and provide a lot of evidence to suggest that you're worthy of getting this yes. uh, this <laughs> visa. Um, so over time, I managed to get various different people to uh, vouch for me and just say of what I'm like and whether they would work for me again and provide all this stuff from when I was like three and seven doing newspaper articles and many different things to prove that I was doing, been doing this for a while. Um, and yeah, so then I got my visa and then obviously the pandemic happened. I came to New York <laughs> January right. of 2020 and then... Um, was meant I then auditioned and got a show very quickly, funny enough, with the choreographer from London who <laughs> I always wanted to work with that didn't get that job way back when and when I first auditioned. And then I auditioned when he came to America to do the show and I was gonna do his version of a show. Um and then obviously that didn't happen because of the pandemic. So I ended up coming back and as we all know, that took a bit of time to come back. But slowly, slowly, I managed about a year and a half later, managed to get back to the U- US um, after that little stint of time at home, which again was a huge, great time of reflecting, reevaluating what's going on. And um, I changed so much in that time too. Uh, and then came back to New York and, and have since been working and looking forward to this next show that I'm going on to. Oh, congratulations for that. (laughs) So would you say that the exhilarating moment when you first came to the Broadway musical theatre scene Mm. after West End um, was kind of all linked together with the UK experience? Is that what happened for you? Yeah, and I think the fact that I was exposed to an American creative team in the West Mm. End show was so helpful because, and Mm. I had had glimmers of that by doing the Rocket Summer Intensive and understanding that they work slightly differently and even just how they do shows with all the numbers and the the vibe it's just very different to what I was used to anyway it probably has changed now since I've (laughs) moved away but um yeah I think it really set me up and it's hand in hand like everything I've since been getting jobs in the UK based on stuff I'm doing in the US so I'm like flitting through so it's been a lovely connection between the both sides of the pond <laughs> yeah that is really cool because I was going to say too that you you said you had the dream of being a rocket um mm. and that was kind of what initially brought you to America from from London so tell me about that journey did you have to let go of that dream is that still a dream or have you found the, a joy in doing what you're already doing yeah. In 42nd yeah, so, Street. Mm. Um, so I've definitely been doing a, uh, like, I love musical theatre. I love telling a story. Um, I love to sing at the same time. That, that I can't take that away from me. I'll always be loving that. But um, Rockettes is still on the horizon. It's still something I'm aiming for. And um, obviously, we all hope that we would get something very quickly and it would all happen straight away. And that's just not my story. And I'm still going for it. I still audition. Um, I'm still with everyone going in training, refining my skills. Um, but what I will say is on this journey is, um, through many different things, I've found so much more freedom and 
knowing myself that I, I feel like more at peace that if that never happens, it is okay. But I'm really excited to see the journey. And I think that has been a huge flip in my thinking, which is I think is, and I always suggest this to my clients and anyone that I teach, um, that it's never about the destination. It is always about the journey. Because mm. in my experience and from talking to a lot of people, the destination is never how, what you expect. But the journey is the beautiful part. And I look back on my life so far and I think, wow, that journey was great. And even in the jobs, I was always busy thinking about what's next, what am I doing? But actually that time was so precious doing those jobs or even waiting and training for those jobs. There's there's, there's a lot of joy there. And so um, it is still a dream. It is still something I strive for and um, want to be working towards. And and I owe a lot of um, to the rocket training because it's really helped me as a dancer, as a performer, um, in the way that I hold myself, in the way that I ref- like think about details of movement. So nothing is wasted at all. Mm. And um, I trust that if that is part of my story, it will happen. And yeah. even if it takes time, that will be an encouragement to a lot of people because I know yeah. there's it's story upon story of people that took 10 years plus to get into the Rockets mm-hmm. and then we're working till they're 40 plus doing it. You know, there's amazing women in that line that have been there for years and continue mm-hmm. to have babies do things with whilst being on the line. So um, there's that. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Yeah, the story is not over. And I actually like that because I think it's relatable and it's real because most performers, I was chatting to someone in an earlier episode who had a dream of doing radio and she's a voice artist and she found a new dream and and it was a wonderful uh, way of rephrasing. You have to go back and listen to the Heidi episode for those listening, um, voice artists. But it was just a really wonderful way of rephrasing our dreams and um, I think it's important to dream, isn't it, as a performer? Yeah. Incidentally, when we met at Project Dance that I was producing in London, Cheryl, who was the founder of that, was a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this interesting thread that kind of goes all the way through and, uh, yeah. yeah, all the way through your story of, yeah, and I do see that for you. I mean, you're perfect yeah. for it. Um, yeah, let's move on to, you know, UK to New York. It's not just a geographical shift. It's a whole new world. <laughs> it's a part in the fun of musical theatre world. Yeah. <laughs> Songs. Could you share some of the challenges? Obviously, we had the pandemic and you also had Visa, but what other challenges did you face during the transition from country to country? Or did was there really no other challenges? <laughs> I think the big challenge was obviously being away from friends and family. That is always really hard. I love them dearly and it's really hard to miss out on special times with them. Um, so that is always a huge challenge and I think will continue to be. Um, and I'm so thankful for them to supporting me in all of this. Um, I mean, I have met my partner being here in New York, so it's like a huge blessing and that that has helped the challenge because um, I've settled a bit more. Um, fortunately, my younger brother is also here in New York, so that's been... Mm-hmm huge blessing too just to have that family there um I think the challenge is obviously on my visa um I'm restricted to what I can do in terms of the normal um work 
that we do on a day-to-day basis and um, what we can and can't do. I'm very restricted to that, to performing dance-related stuff. Like other people would be able to just get any old job. That's that's really tricky. So I've been really thankful for the jobs that I have got that's keeping me afloat, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge challenge. Um, I think also just slightly later in my life, creating a new friendship circle Um, that's been hard um everyone is also transitioning Uh, uh, I'm now in my 30s and having babies having changing moving and and also in a city like New York it's so transitional people are always moving around so Mm. having that stability of friendships is really tricky too I think the challenge um but I would caveat that with is there's nothing like walking into a dance studio and even if you don't know them well you just know people. Mm. And so there's a lovely community in the musical theatre world um, that you're never alone. And mm. if people are willing and you're vulnerable enough with people, you can have some really deep, good conversations and realise you're not alone. Um, so that's a, a great blessing from a challenge. I think also just um, just difference of cultures, how mm. people have grown up and uh the way as a as a person coming from the uk i i handle things very differently and that can sometimes clash with people or it, it's good with and so it's just recognizing the different um ways of managing and working with people because it's just different um and how i hold myself how i speak it's very different to what people are um in america and um none is bad or wrong or anything it's just different it's just different I've got so many questions I'm going to draw out of all of the things you said because it's all so interesting but you had this gorgeous like scene from a romantic comedy where you met your partner amidst all of these adventures what was that just quickly here's a little caveat (laughs) what was how did you meet was it in New York it was it's a little bit like a film really which is wonderful but um (laughs) um so uh, in this before the pandemic, every summer um, in the link on the Lincoln Center outside, they would have something called Midsummer Night Swing, this big swing dance event, outdoor event where people would swing dance. There would be a live music, beautiful, and you could go along and um, dance, or you could sit and just watch it. So one summer evening, I was there in New York. Actually, this was two thousand and nineteen before I even moved with my visa. I was on a student visa at the time. Um, and I um, sat on the wall, was just listening to this music. I actually started helping this lady up because she had a broken arm. I was helping this lady get up onto the wall. So obviously he could hear my accent. And then he was like, oh, hi, um, I studied in Oxford. <laughs> but that's a catch line. <laughs> um, and then we just got chatting. And then um, I was like, thank you. Thank you for lovely chats. I'm, I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked off and he ran after me and got my number and then oh what a that's, legend that's, that's, that's it and the story continues imagine if he hadn't been that brave and taken that risk you know, and that also special. all the the things that he might not have been there that evening just mm. his story and all the things that allowed him to be there and uh, I'll share a little bit like he was um, meant to take this job he was in having like a, a dinner with this person who's going to take a job with and then heard the music nearby and was like oh what's that 
oh and then he went to go a couple of nights later he went back to go and see it so you just <laughs> you just never know that this could happen um but it did and we met randomly and what you're saying though is really beautiful because what it says to me is like when you have an openness and and you you know we look curiosity. up from our phones and a curiosity mm. and um, you know, there's a lot of places in the world that you can't go and experience such an incredible cultural experience, like, you know, dance and all of that whole, it's like going back in time and it's just mesmerizing and, yeah. um, to, you know, to go out and to be a part of something where it's a relaxed place, no one's rushing. Um, it's a, Funny, it's a lovely story. York, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In New York. Yeah. That's so true. There was this definitely a big yay of alignment. I like to say yes. when you returned to New York city with your visa and you booked a show, was it just two days after arriving? Is that right? Yeah, it was. So, did you like, how did you celebrate that amazing moment in your life? Did you celebrate? Did you stop to go? I need to go and celebrate this. Wow, I was just like, oh, I can't believe this. This is amazing because I guess I guess people have been like, it's going to be really hard, and it's going to yep. be, and it's not. It's definitely challenging, um, but you just never know. You just got to. Things can happen without the net. Tomorrow, something could happen, and you just never know. So, like, that's the hope. Like, it can happen like that, or it can ha- happen like my journey of years and years of working towards something and it not happening for me yet. So it's like. Yes, it was amazing and it was a huge shock, huge blessing. Um, did we celebrate? I think I was so shocked for a few days. I think we went out for a dinner and celebrated it. Um, but yeah, it just, and then I, I had a few months before I was meant to go. So that was really nice to go, oh, I've got something now. I can just settle into the city, yeah. think about all the other things, medical insurance, all those other things you need to think about. Find your feet. Worrying, yeah. Find your feet a bit without worrying too much that I, need to be auditioning because that from January to May is the heavy audition season so it's mm. like auditions all the time so in many ways I, it, I was so thankful just to have something to hold on to to be able to find my feet in that busy time yeah and when you I mean you've got you're from the UK mm-hmm. you're based in New York but right now you're in Connecticut no. oh I, no I was in Connecticut for Second Street. I'm now back in in New York so I don't know like how do you handle all the transitions and the transient life and being away, not just from UK, but then you just get your roots in New York and you're away again. Was it a short trip away or was that another challenge for you? Yeah. Having found love. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Like last year um, I was in two different shows, different places. um, And that was hard. Like I had like two weeks in between going off again and the second one for 42nd street was a longer stint um but fortunately uh carlos my partner came out and was kind of was able to come with his job he can work remotely and so he was able to kind of spend a lot of time and for what i'm really thankful for because you get the highs and the lows during a contract and i really valued that support which is wonderful and it got Mm. it meant that we could see different places together um so that's that was uh, great um but i definitely now i would my preference is to stay and to have more stability um and work towards shows that are here and not to say that i wouldn't go away but i think now as i'm getting older as i'm i've um, done a few more shows i um I think I'm a little bit more picky <laughs> mm, <laughs> what I want yeah. to take and what I want to do. And um, 
what what my values are right now and what's important to me and creative teams who I'm working with yes um, that really matters to me so um I'm a lot more uh selective let's say what what I like to do um and that that just helps me uh, manage everything else and what I'm working towards and and even in the pandemic, I trained to be a coach. And that's something that, you know, you mentioned your friend found other dreams and other mm. ways of freedom. It's like, that is part of our path. It doesn't, and that's what's actually brought me a lot of freedom in still pursuing the Rockets is that it's not my everything. There's other things too. So I can work on it with, with great passion, but it's, it doesn't, it's not it I've got other joys too that keep me grounded in many ways and so um I'm loving having a bit more stability and working in that other fields to just have balance in my life and Mm. to create some rhythms um I recognize in my life something that for me now is I want to slow my rhythm down because it's so easy as a performer to be juggling many different plates. And mm. it means that we don't maybe come to the things that are really important to us with much energy or um, we're just too busy multitasking on many things. So I feel like I need to slow down my rhythms in order to do the things that are important to me well. So that's been a huge change. And I think being selective in many ways I, um, has helped me be able to have that control maybe of some kind of rhythm that I create rather than Mm. the city and the um, profession creating my rhythm. That's such a beautiful way of saying it, especially from a tap dancer as well. Yes. (laughs) So gorgeous, the imagery of slowing. And, you know, I'm the same. It's like I've really worked hard to slow my rhythm down and it's very quickly hijacked and you have to intentionally stay. No, this is I want to slow it down because life – yeah, you, it's not that you can't do a million things and it's not that a million things are wrong, but it's the energy that we yes. come to the things that really matter yes. with and that is gold that you just said that. <laughs> really beautiful imagery. So tell me too about audition season, which must be a mix of excitement and nerves and can you share a memorable audition experience or any tips that you've picked up along the way in audition season? I love being in auditions and I think you, you see this more in dance auditions because when you sing you go on in your own so you don't see other people doing their stuff um, apart from standing outside in your line ready to go in but the the praise and the celebration of other people I, I love it when you see people in the room and I and I get this a lot in America even in dance class is people are like yeah that was so good well done you're like oh yeah this is great and then you want to celebrate other people so wonderful memories of being in auditions where people just like give you a huge round of applause after doing something or like tap you on the back like yeah that was awesome like they're rooting for you so I'm so thankful for that that's amazing and it's inspired me to want to do that too nothing will take away my audition process for the West End that was obviously a first of many and and also my audition for the cruise ship that you never know what could come from it. I, in fact, that audition will always be memorable because I went into dance. I was like, yeah, I, I, I love this. This was so fun. I thought I did really well. Like, I'm really proud of myself. And then didn't get kept. I was like, oh no, what did I do something wrong or anything? Anyway, um, I was like, oh, I'm really gutted, but they've got a singing round in a bit. I'm just gonna go and sing. 
you know what I'm just gonna go and sing because I love it and I don't like they don't like me anyway I'm just gonna go sing I think that's probably my mindset um I think I'd do it differently now but I think at the time I was like wow I've got nothing to lose I might as well just go and practice my singing and enjoy it good on you yeah and I went in and sung and they were like wow thank you for that and then that's it. then they gave me the job as a lead singer because at the time and they and we I'm really like the the um, person that gave me the job Andrea I always be thankful for her um she said at the, at the after speaking to her and doing rehearsals and spending time with her on the ship she always said to me she was like it it wasn't about your talent it was about just like the logistics the puzzles like we just needed two um smaller dancers because we had this we had other dancers that we just needed to match and you match perfectly with the other lead singer so so it was just like oh but at the time I was devastated I was like did I do something wrong no you went in there you did your thing you showed your joy you did the best you could do it was just the other pieces of the puzzle um and yet I still went in and I always I always think back like just go and do it because you love it Mm. like don't and maybe at the time I was trying to prove myself a bit but actually there's a level of oh I've got nothing to lose I might as well just go and sing (laughs) and try out this like what it's like an audition process and so I think that'll always be a key to hold on to is go in and just enjoy it and I've had them best auditions when I've just let go and I'm just enjoying it and it's more just about I'm just going to give an expression of who I am and what I can do and what I'm like and what flavor I give if you want that flavor in the in the show great if you don't great it's okay and I think it's helped that I've got other things that I love outside of that too to then go it's not my everything I'm really passionate and I will be there and give you all my attention in the moment and and and, and be curious and be creative with you. But um, I think people, are, even being on the other side of the table, you feel, you, you you experience the energy that people are giving off, that needy energy compared to that, I'm free and I just love this. And if it's right, it's right. If not, it's okay. <laughs> and yeah. I think people attract to that more so. They um, do, yeah. That's actually beautiful what you just said. Um to let go of that neediness and that's a journey in itself you know because oh. at the beginning we want it so bad but when yeah. you you know have some hard knocks I think you learn eventually to let go of the control and the must have and the my whole identity is in this and who am I without yeah. this and find joy in other areas and it's just a beautiful life uh, journey isn't it to come it to is. release the dreams but still want them <laughs> yeah the surrender while still passion like, yeah sure. beautiful and um, beyond Broadway and West End and performing you're involved in teaching fitness I guess in and tap yeah. so how yes. did these activities feed your artistic journey um it definitely keeps me active <laughs> yes <laughs> that's good. one thing which is wonderful um it's another outlet for me just to express and be big and bold like in my classes um in many ways for teaching dance um but I just love encouraging people in what I'd want to to have heard at the time and now and I see even through my coaching and my mental fitness training that I've done and doing I love being able to empower other people 
to see things from a different perspective and see the light switch in them to go, oh, hang on, if I focus and think about it like this, I open up myself to so many more opportunities or ways of working with my own body and self. Like we can be our own saboteurs, can't we? And so Mm. that is the greatest joy of teaching, um, particularly by teaching tap dancing, because a lot of dancers I find I come across are really nervous about tap. And a lot of auditions are asking for tap nowadays and then you have to tap one at a time um and so a lot of my clients <laughs> yes. yes a lot of my um, students are are people that are very strong in other areas of performing but they just are very unconfident so it is a huge privilege for me to come in and and be alongside them and just build that confidence with them because they can do it they just, they just they just need to believe in themselves and just keep going with their skills and just understanding how their body works and um, just get small, consistent practice over time, as we all know, mm. compounds to something great. So that's um, good. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's great. I love I love teaching. It's it's very rewarding in many ways for me as well, because mm. um, I I love encouraging people. I, I want people to be their best version of themselves. So it's a great outlet for me to do that. And hopefully it's a great thing for them too. Yeah. And they get a lot from it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. I feel like it keeps you sharp too when you're teaching within yeah. the craft that you also do. Yeah. That's something that I've always enjoyed, keeping my head in the zone, even when I'm not performing tell me about this gorgeous thing you said earlier tap dancing is about rhythm and musicality but could you share how you developed your internal rhythm as like that sort of metaphor you had of slowing down your rhythm and your internal rhythm and what it means to you regarding your art and tap like you've got this inner and outer thing happening there that I think is something we can learn from yeah it's interesting what the beauty of the community of the tap dancers in New York is everyone comes and shares their own story and shares their story and combines their story and works with other people's stories and communicates um, in many different ways. And often people think tap to be really loud and banging your feet, but it doesn't have to be like that. It can be the quiet whisper. It can be the slow. Um, Tap dancing is so powerful when there's space, like when you can hear the notes and the sounds and the tones that you're playing because you create a bit of space between and that kind of same picture in terms of everyday living is like when we slow down and create space we can actually hear things differently we can see things differently um it's still we're still doing a rhythm and we're still playing something we're still telling that story but it doesn't have to be just one way um and so I think the element, the idea of space is really important. And that's what I talk to my students about in TAP, like create that space so people have a full stop mm. and a period so then they can think about what you've just said and then respond. Um, we're talking, we're communicating as we're dancing. Um, so it doesn't have to be all rushed and give everything out there. It's like, hold back a bit. You're communicating. Let, let people have, listen, yeah. respond, call and response and... Um, and I think that in if I use that picture in terms of my life and just life is that we know that when we we live amongst other people and other people's rhythms are important too and so you change your rhythm based on their rhythms too and but then you want to create this internal rhythm that's right for you and 
um, habits or routines that, that, that help you and create a bit of space for you just to breathe and to kind of center yourself. Um, so in my life, that looks like I just, for me, it works that I have certain routines that I do in the morning um, and trying to build that in the evening too. So it's like I sandwich my day with that space because um, just in case the world of New York City is loud and noisy yeah. and run and busy, I have yeah. I have those moments. But what I'm loving is trying to find in, in the moments of in between is where can I create space? And the challenge for me is, how can I do less to actually mm. do more? Like, um, I think it's the challenge also of living in another country with a time difference away from family. Like, how do I manage that too? Like, mm. I have to speak to people in the middle of my work day because that's a good time for them. Um, mm. So it's just going with the flow, trying not to be so rigid in how I have to do things and just being a little bit more flexible, but having certain things that I know are my structures that are kind of maybe my non-negotiables that help me keep that flow of the rhythm throughout the day. Absolutely gorgeous. Just such a beautiful expressed answer. Tell me too about the two different cultures that you know very well. Have you noticed any fascinating differences in the way that art and dance are perceived and expressed? And you said before about the the culture of celebration in New York and cheering you on within the auditions. Um, That's one. But what have you noticed um, as major differences and fascinating differences? (laughs) I think partly because New York is the hub of so many things. If in tap dance, it's the hub of where things were created and were birthed through cultures coming together, um, but also just the deep history, the history of the art form. And uh, we're fortunate enough in in New York to have people that are, have lived and been mentored by people that have passed things down, you know. And um, mm. I think uh, in London, we don't have as much of that in terms of it's wonderful when they do come over and and expose um, and and obviously since the pandemic we've been able to have more contact through zoom and um that way which is wonderful um in fact at that time i was uh, me and a dear friend of mine harriet created something called theater tap london and it was an opportunity for us to help talk about the history of tap expose people in london to that and also connect people with amazing um, legends and mentors and master tappers that are in New York that we still have now um, and who were mentored by legends of people, you know, and, and just, um, and, uh, and obviously I've, as a, a white woman, I, I don't understand the experience in the same way, um, but I am deeply loving just being amongst people and being in that community that they welcome so with open arms the tap community is wonderful and um i i learn i i just yeah learn from them and kind of uh, so back to your question is Mm. that the difference is i think new york is something special in that it's the hub of where things started and that um but fortunately more is moving over to London, people are Mm. traveling, people are having more connections and we're telling stories. People are sharing their stories and um, hopefully we're listening more um, to that. 
That's so lovely. Can you tell me too, um, you know, every artist has a unique journey as yours is with your culture and now you've come to America and you can see, you know, the uniqueness of each artist's journey. Could you share a couple of the highs and, and lows you've experienced in your career path and maybe how you've navigated? Obviously, we've heard some of the highs, but have there been low lows and how have you navigated that? Mm. Mm, definitely like um I mean it's like that if we think about that wave and that rhythm of the long game there's definitely the highs and the lows but even in a day there can be the highs and the lows um and I think a few things have helped me I would never be able to do this without God that's just my um first that I just need him um and the tools that I've gained along the way through my coaching and uh, even in my kind of mental fitness training, it talks about um, helping you not be hijacked by those, quote, um, thinking of things as bad or um, dwelling in those things that don't go quite right and kind of being hijacked in that space, but opening and seeing it as a gift and an opportunity to learn and to see it with curiosity, see it with love and compassion, see it with um, creativity, see it with um, just a different perspective um, to ideally mean that we won't be hijacked or we won't linger in those places for too long. So that was that has been a huge game changer for me. It's a whole new way of operating in my mind that has really helped me because of course I get hijacked. I, in, I, in auditions, I can easily spiral down, but I feel like I've got the tools to then be able to go, how can I get myself back to that playful, curious, mm. um, compassionate, loving, um, joyful person that I am? That's um, so beautiful. Yeah. So yes, mm. there's lows and there always will be. And what's the, the human experience? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. What's the emotional fitness training you're referring to that you've done that's helped so much? Yeah, so um, so I have been training under someone called Shazad Shamin, who created this mental fitness, uh, what he'd call an operating system, a very s- simple system of helping you understand your mind, um, understanding in the way that we want to build three muscles. Um, We want to build the muscle of intercepting and recognizing when we're sabotaged. We want to build the muscle of the self-command. How do we bring ourselves back into the present moment, back to our senses, rather than focusing on thoughts and too many feelings, like just focus back to our senses, back to the present moment, and then activate and what he calls the sage perspective, like that region of the brain which is activated, which allows you to have curiosity, compassion, laser-focused attention, um, joy, um, what else have I said, Uh, uh, ease and flow. Mm. And so um, he talks about how our mind, our brain, can either sabotage us or serve us. Um, And it's a human experience that we all have and experience what, he calls the judge and the saboteurs um the idea that we can experience those critical voices in us um saying we're not good enough or you should be doing this you should do that or that kind of perfectionist streak or that um hyper achieving um it's basically strengths of ours that have been overused and abused and sometimes we can wallow and stay in that hijacked state what i like to say and other people have said is like 
the saboteurs are in the driving seat of your life right now. And mm. so what we want to do is have tools to know how we can put ourselves back into the driver's seat from that other perspective, from that place of compassion, from that place of playfulness, from that place of um, curiosity and creativity um, to calm the mind, to calm the body, because we can get into mm. that stress, overwhelm, negativity. We have this negative bias to focus on that. So we mm. want to um, think about things differently. Um, I know there's lots of studies about positive emotion and the um Barbara Friedrichsen has done stuff where um, she talks about we ne- we have a negative bias for things. So for every negative emotion we experience, we want to find three positive emotions to kind of come with that, to, to help with that. So it's the idea of how can we access those positive emotions more, especially when we recognize we've been hijacked. So that operating simple system of mental fitness training that I've been training in and now train others in, um, it's just been a game changer. It's Mm. not only really helped me in performing, see myself in the moment when I'm in an audition or even out of the audition and I'm kind of processing what's happened. Um, It's helped me there, but it's rippled into other areas of my life with my relationships, even my wellness and being able to slow down because half the time I can't slow down because that saboteur of hyperachieving and having to do yeah. things a certain way is speaking very loudly and it's not allowing mm. me to access another way. So that's kind of what has been uh, a real flip on how I see mm. things. And I'm excited to see how now I move in my journey with this way of operating, let's say. Oh, it um, sounds just absolutely invigorating and, and gorgeous and Tell me too, with that in mind, um, you know, what advice would you give your younger self, you know, particularly around big issues for performers and artists in general, but around, you know, maybe mental health, body image, um, harsh words and obstacles in from people in power that we work with, rejections, like how have you sort of navigated that then versus now? <laughs> Well, we know the now, the now is lovely, yeah, but yeah. what would you say to your younger yeah. self? Mm. It's a beautiful question that is. Um, obviously, it's okay. It's okay. Your journey will happen. Be kind and compassionate with yourself along the journey. Um, mm. That would be the first thing. Um, I'd probably tell myself, invest in your mind, in understanding your mind, because that is the gatekeeper to a lot of your being able to actually physicalize a lot of stuff. Um, so I would probably encourage her to um, fo- get help and get support on that because support is everything. Accountability and support. Um, yeah, and don't be afraid of that. It's actually a huge strength. It's a huge strength to get the support. So go and get that help. And we all need it. It's, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, it's just understanding yourself better and um and then that will only help you unlock many other things along the way so that's probably what I would tell my younger self um mm. and that it's not it's not um all in your control yeah I think just be reminded that God's got you mm, very good tell me too with success that can be fleeting how mm. do you maintain your momentum and keep yourself motivated when you've had a significant milestone and then it's over <laughs> and yeah. that you're back into the question zone of yeah. oh what's yeah. next yeah 
I think what's helped me is um, always reflecting what's really important and um, because it's always very tempting to go and chase after the next thing, the next mm. thing, the next thing. Oh, because of this, I have to go to this next show. But just um, sit with where you're at. I've had many talks with some of my best friends that are just having some downtime, having what we kind of call a sabbatical, just going, who am I? Because the show schedule is is ruthless in many ways in that it's eight shows a week you're in rehearsals during the day it's a lot on your body your mind and so and you miss out on many different things along the way and so sometimes you need a break (laughs) and so that is okay that that's actually a really great answer in itself reach out if I can be of any support to people along the way um I'd love to chat with you Uh, I think if I can support in understanding your mind and just the process of life in that way, I'd love to support you. Um, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. And then back to my younger self, I hope that I can be that to many other people. And mm-hmm. so if, if, if you resonate with me, if, um, if you like what you're hearing and if you want to hear more, I'd love to chat with you. And how do people find you online? Yeah, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'll most certainly put those links in the show notes as well that they can find at larabiancapilcher.com because I always do an article with every episode so that people can find and chat to you and all of that. But this has been absolutely beautiful. You're absolutely beautiful. I've loved catching up with you. And I thank you for your time too. And we'll leave it there. (laughs) Thank you. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. If you want more, head to larabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching and courses. And you can also head to my socials, larabiancapilcher on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest. Thanks again for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. And of course, keep on living the healthy, wealthy, wise artist living towards your dream life. Bye, friends. P.S. Shout out to my hottie hubby, Andrew Pilcher, who does all the editing on this podcast. <laughs>